Hey, it's Mike here from Music Radio Creative. Just before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know about a free exclusive audio download for you as a podcast listener. If you'd like to claim it, head over now to mrc.fm forward slash play. That's P-L-A-Y, mrc.fm forward slash play and enjoy the episode. Want the exact Adobe Audition multi-track template we use to produce audio at Music Radio Creative? Get it at mrc.fm slash presets. Hi, I'm Mike Russell from Music Radio Creative. Welcome to the Adobe Audition podcast, where I'm interviewing power users of Adobe Audition. We'll reminisce back to Cool Edit Pro and take you right up to date with Adobe Audition CC. If you'd like to learn about audio production, everything from vocal effects to radio imaging, commercial production to music mixing, join my next audio production course at mrc.fm slash learn. That's mrc.fm slash l-e-a-r-n learn. Master Adobe Audition. Training, workshops, one-on-one coaching, courses. Head to mrc.fm slash learn. My guest today is Pat Flynn. He's a father, husband, and entrepreneur who lives and works in San Diego, California. Now, he owns several online successful businesses. Uh, he's a blogger, a keynote speaker, a Wall Street Journal bestselling author, and of course, a podcaster. He is host of the Smart Passive Income podcast and also Ask Pat. Um, they have earned a combined total of over 50 million downloads, multiple awards, and also features in publications such as the New York Times and Forbes. He's also, in his spare time, if he has any, an advisor for lead pages, convert kit, and other companies in the digital marketing arena. I'm super grateful that Pat has taken a moment uh, to come on this show. Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me on. Awesome. So let's get straight into it and find out exactly how you're using Adobe Audition. Yeah, so I use it for all things podcasting on my end. I mean, I was using other software in the past, but Adobe Audition is just super clean uh, in terms of the workflows. And, you know, just because I batch process and produce a lot of shows kind of at the same time, uh, it just makes it really, really simple. So I, I'm I'm somebody who's all about efficiency and optimizing my workflows. And Adobe Auditions become like the tool for everything with with my podcasts, multiple podcasts. And and you know, you mentioned too there the Smart Passive Income podcast and the Ask Pat podcast. Uh, there's more shows like the one with my son. Um, he and the cool thing about that is you know my and my son is eight years old by the way. Uh, our our show is launching on June first and you know, I get him involved in the process too. So he's actually also looking at Adobe Audition and how I edit and and the kinds of ins and outs of that. And I'd love for him to one day when we get into season two of our show, maybe start start doing it on on his own. So I don't know if he would be the youngest user ever of Adobe Audition, but I don't know, we'll see. But that would be that'd be really cool. I'm just thinking back to when I was eight years old, and and no doubt, Pat, when you were eight, uh, there was no Adobe Audition. It would have been tape machines and goodness knows what, right? Yeah, I mean, I actually uh, my boom, I had a boombox, and I would record my voice on this little boombox, you know, with a cassette tape, and then I re-listened to it, and then I played it at like two x speed, and I'd laugh really loud because I'd sound like a chipmunk, and that was about the the gist of effects that were that were there for me. To have Adobe Audition or any audio editor, especially that you can do multi-track editing in at eight is fantastic. And the fact that he's training up on that is brilliant. So Pat, you mentioned you obviously, uh, the, you're host of the Smart Passive Income podcast, Ask Pat, other podcasts as well. So a lot of pod, 
broadcasting uh, to do. And obviously, over the years, you've you've honed your skills. Uh, you've received, no doubt, a lot of advice from other people. What would you say is probably some of the best audio advice you've received over the years? I mean, number one, especially with productivity, is is batch processing. Especially with podcasting, you know, it could be very. Um, it's, it's a long process to get a podcast up and running. You know, I teach a lot of, uh, people how to start their podcast and those first few episodes are just a drag in terms of all the different pieces and parts of it. But, you know, that's, 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 it's part of the, you know, just the learning process. It's sort of a rite of passage as a podcaster is to struggle with editing your first few shows before you either get the systems down or you hand it off to a VA or something like that. But, you know, I got some great advice from John Lee Dumas when I was building my show, Ask Pat. And he was like, dude, Pat, like you just got to, you just got to take a day and record all your episodes on that day. And you're going to be that much more ahead. And I, I did that. I wouldn't have been able to create Ask Pat if I had sort of just kind of randomly did Ask Pat when the next episode needed to be available. I batch processed and I would record, you know, uh, four hours of content in one day, which would, for the shorter format show, cover an entire month's worth of episodes because I was collecting voicemail questions from my audience and taking those MP3 files from SpeakPipe and dropping them, dropping them into Adobe Audition and just answering the questions from there. And I got, this, I got the workflow down to a science and to, you know, down to the second I was saving. Uh, and and that, that was a great piece of advice. Um, in, in terms of the editing process of podcasting, you know, the best advice that I got early on was... Don't try to record a perfect show in one sitting, in one, in one recording. Like, that's impossible. I mean, it's not live. So you can benefit from the fact that you're editing these shows. And now I have podcast episodes that if you look at the, the tracks, that, you know, the multi-tracks and everything that's all involved, there's like, you know, a hundred different pieces that were all chopped up and put together, right? To make the, to what I feel would be a great episode. Um, initially, I would... <laughs> I remember recording some of my some of my earlier episodes and going getting five minutes in with with one take and then I'd mess up and and then I go man I got to start over and I go back erase everything and then go back to the beginning and try again I felt for whatever reason I ha- I felt like I had to get it perfect in one shot and obviously that that sounds silly especially those of you who have been doing this for a while but I, again I had never done it before and so that that was kind of a new thing for me. Um, and then finally, you know, in addition to the voice that I include in my podcast, I've, I've recently been experimenting with adding other elements to add some flavor to the show as well. And I've always had music in the intro with, you know, my voiceover guy and the just the main intro to the podcast. But I've been experimenting with sort of putting accents on and, and, and making different parts of the show more dynamic by adding some background music and some other, you know, sound effects and things like that behind it to just take it to a whole new level. And I think that's important now, especially that everybody's podcasting now, it seems. How can I have my show be even more um, sort of engaging? How, how can I, you know, make it more experiential? And simply by adding certain kinds of tracks related to a certain story that you might be telling, it really starts to get into a person's head in terms of emotion. I mean, it, you, you, that's why... You know, if you were to watch a movie, for example, and there was no music, there was no soundtrack, like it would be, it would be weird. And if you like watch Back to the Future and there's no, there's no like songs, it would be incredibly dull. And so how can we add those same effects into our podcasting in a very similar way that like NPR does it with their shows? And of course they have a team of probably like 20 people per episode working on it in some way, shape or form with all the different pieces and parts of it and the journaling. Um, obviously I'm just one person 
Um, but I still am able to find moments of my show where I can make it even stronger or make that point even more punchier or make that story even more emotional by adding just a layer of background music there. And it, it really does stand out. Wow, I love that. I mean, all of those points are brilliant. Uh, the first point you started off with on on batch processing, uh, and then going into the second point about you know not having to get the perfect take every time is brilliant. Unless of course you're live, but then of course always after live you can take the live and edit it if needed. Um, but I'm I'm super impressed with the the third point and upping production values, introducing sound effects and music. And like you say, what kind of a movie would Back to the Future or any movie be uh, without the 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 score? Uh, in the movie and they that kind of you, you used the word emotional it does it defines the emotions doesn't it and it's like you know every time I listen to the the, the main theme from Back to the Future you get all those good emotions coming um, and I think there was a, a test done wasn't there where um, you play a soundtrack and if it's a bad nasty soundtrack doesn't matter what's happening on the screen the viewer is going to feel emotionally quite bad about what's happening and vice versa you can play a really good upbeat piece of music while something bad's happening on screen and the reverse happens so very very powerful just like in a, like if you watch a horror movie the scariest part of a horror movie is the music that is right before something crazy is going to happen right it just it just makes that scene even more there's just more tension Right. And like just all those things and, and, and even like uh, Star Wars, like Darth Vader's March, the Imperial March, like that just makes him seem even more like like a, like a, like a, like the, the bad guy in the movie. And just I mean, all the things. And so it's not very difficult either. I mean, I use a number of different um, collections of music out there to find the right one. I mean, it, it does take some time and, you know, just some practice, but you start to match the 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 background uh song to the story that you're telling it really does like you say change things and it can just enhance it and make it more memorable um just like in a movie absolutely so um i'm interested to get more now into um projects that you've worked on and projects that you're looking forward to working on. So uh, you mentioned batching and doing a heck of a lot of podcasting. So in many cases, you will do four hours of solid podcasting in a day, which like you say, is really, really smart because then you're getting a month's worth of shows um, recorded, produced. And uh, are you doing the post-production as well in the same day? I am not doing post-production myself anymore, which is another tip. And the story about that is that's something I was very reluctant to hand off because I really enjoyed the post-production. I felt it was, you know, a creative outlet for me. But as the CEO of my company, you know, I had to make decisions on where I need to spend my time. And, you know, I uh, now can record for four hours, but I don't have to do any additional work and, uh, before I see it online. Um, I hand it off. I guess there's one thing I do. I, I, I put those files onto Dropbox for my team to get. And that makes life so much easier. And I, I started experimenting with handing things off uh, back when Ask Pat started because Ask Pat wouldn't have happened if I didn't have any help. But I was very reluctant to ever hand anything off and that was the first time I did it. And then after a few episodes got up and I was like, wait, I, I didn't edit it, but it still sounds great. And it actually sounds better than if I were to do it myself because you know we have an engineer on the team now who, who makes them even better. Um, my question was like, well, what else could I hand off? So I handed off smart passive income and, you know, with all of your beeswax with my son, like that, that post-production after the first few episodes, um, it has now been handed off to you guys. And, um, it's just been really great to, to now have 
just the recording be the only thing that I do because I have so many other things uh, that's involved in, in the business. That's awesome. But I mean, the main thing is that you've been there and you've done it. You've, you've been in the stage where you've been editing every single th- show that you've been putting out there. So you know exactly what goes into it, what needs to be done. It was like six years I was doing it for myself. Um, until I until I handed it off, and I've been podcasting for eight years now, so it's I'm still new to the outsourcing part of it. Um, but 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 I always recommend that people do it on their own first, for sure, because not just because you know you need to learn it, um, but not also because if you hand it off to somebody else and that person goes away, you can come back and and pick up where they left off. But I think it's just appreciating the art of editing an audio file and. All that goes into that. It, it is really something that once you finish, you can be very proud of. And I think especially for somebody starting out, um, that's really important. And even just completing a show, even before you share it with anybody, is a, is a great moment. And I think that everybody needs to experience that multiple times. Just appreciate the art of audio. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Appreciating the art, doing it yourself. Uh, and then I, I guess also you can be your own worst critic, though, when you're editing and think, oh, I want to take that out. Oh, I sounded awful. There. Oh, man. Do you get that? Like, especially all the ums and the pauses and the things that don't necessarily, you know, get in the way of what you're trying to say, but, you know, could obviously be improved. I remember my first episode I recorded it three times because I was just not happy with it. The first time I didn't have a plan. I just was like, okay, I'm going to turn it on and go. And it was just, it was just terrible. So many ums, random pauses. I just was not happy with it. So the second time I actually scripted every single word I was going to say, I basically wrote a blog post and then began to read it as I was recording. And as I was listening to that, I was like putting myself to sleep because it just sounded so monotonous and, and, and there's no emotion, no dynamic. And the third time I was like, okay, I know what I want to say. Here's the outline. I've said it before. I'm just going to, I'm just going to hit record and go. And I don't care how many ums I say, it's going to be bad, but I know the next one will be better. So I hit record. I went. And so that, that was the episode that went out. Episode number one back in July of 2010. Then episode two, I just said, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to hit record and go again. And it was a little bit better. And each time it's gotten a little bit better, better, better. And the ums and the pauses still exist, but they are far and few between now. And I think it was just a great decision for me to just go, even though, and not not rely on the, I know some people who edit the ums and all the breaths out and, you know, those things. And that that's fine. It can definitely add a lot of momentum to the show because you're kind of just progressing a little bit faster and that's okay. But for me, I was just glad that I made that decision not to because then it forced me to get better communicating and at speaking and not using as many ums and not having as many random pauses. And I, and I have noticed that since starting my podcast, I've become a lot better at communicating on stage uh, in a podcast or even in person. And it's just something that I know wouldn't have happened if I had just relied on editing every mistake completely. Uh, definitely. It's amazing. Just as you mentioned, it's helped you to become a better communicator, a better speaker. And it's really, really interesting that story you told there about how your first episode, you, you even started off scripting it almost like a blog post and just found that 
that didn't really work. That didn't cut it in audio. And then you got better and better over time. And, and now to see uh, the year that we're recording this podcast, 2018, just earlier this year, uh, I was in San Diego. I saw you on stage doing the, the closing keynote uh, to social media marketing world. I know you do keynotes at, at many different events. That's one I recently saw you at. And uh, that was a production. I mean, wow. And, and that all came from podcasting, right? It did. It did. You know, it, uh, the confidence came from podcasting. The storytelling came from podcasting and just the, the, the communication. So yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. I, I, it was really great to see, uh, see you there. And, uh, my dad was in the audience too, uh, which was really fun, but yeah, I mean the storytelling, I mean, that's really what podcasting is. I feel meant for, um, but storytelling is just a form of communication that everybody does. And if you can get really good at it, it's very powerful. Um, it's, it's a very powerful way to uh, share a message. It's a very powerful way to sell. If you're doing any selling of any kind, it's a very powerful way to, you know, get followers and build fans and have a deeper relationship with your friends and all, all the things. And so uh, I, I've worked on my storytelling. I've gotten coaching for storytelling. It's that important and it's that much. It, it, it's, 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 a, it's a thing that shows up in all areas of my business is, is the whole storytelling aspect. And, you know, the more you can make it the hero's journey and the more you can make your customers the hero, I mean, the better that your results are going to be. And so storytelling is, a, is an art as well in and, in and of itself. And to combine that with podcasting, even while teaching, um, it, it's a it's a combo that's going to win. Out of everything you've worked on, uh, podcasting, uh, keynote speaking, uh, you've launched multiple online courses as well recently, including a, a very good podcasting course. I'm curious, what's the most challenging uh, project you reckon you've worked on? Man, the most challenging aspect uh, or the most challenging project was my book, Will It Fly? So you'd mentioned earlier that I was a Wall Street Journal bestseller, and this was a this was a self-published book that then became a Wall Street Journal bestseller, which I didn't even know was possible. But it's not all rainbows and unicorns. It was a struggle to get up and running. I had began writing this book in 2014, and it was just one of the hardest things I've ever done. I mean, I remember Mike sitting and um, trying to get some, something going with it, and I was just staring at a cursor that was just like, blinking in front of me in a blank page for so long. And even, even when I'd get some things written down the next day, I'd begin writing again. And it was just such a drag. I actually had to hire a writing coach, a book writing coach to help me through that process because I had this message I wanted to share and I just didn't know how to share it, but I, I knew it was really important. Um, the book is about how to validate your business ideas. So you don't waste your time and money. You can, you can, do things ahead of time to experiment with certain ideas just to ensure that, yes, it is something that you should do and will be successful or not. And um, this was per the request of my audience based on surveys that I had run, based on conversations that I had. And I knew I, ha I had to write this book. And I think that's why it was even more of a struggle because it was that important to me. I had put it on this pedestal of this like artifact that was going to be just the perfect thing. Um, and I did that so much that I was struggling to write. And I remember I had like a four hour block to write one day and I had one paragraph to show for it. It was, it was that much of a struggle. But the biggest advice I got from my coach was to treat the book like a series of blog posts because I could write a 5,000 word blog post in, in just a few hours really easily. I've been blogging since 2008, but for whatever reason, this book was just such a bigger thing to me. Um, but when I broke it down to to chapter by chapter and I treated each chapter like a blog post, it just really started to flow and come together. 
and then you know it was published and yeah it's a paperback book but it's it can also be found on amazon and then the audiobook oh my gosh the audiobook is actually still going strong and that's actually making me more money than the the physical book the physical book right now um i did go into a studio to record that book because there's a sound en- engineer there and i learned from my first audiobook that um you know if <laughs> you don't even know the mistakes you're making while you're making them sometimes with, with a, a 60,000 word book that you're reading. Um, and to have somebody there who goes, Oh, I think you said that wrong or you skipped a line or, you know, you didn't pronounce that correctly. You know, those kinds of things like really important when it comes to the overall quality of an audio book that you, that you want to have out there. And I'm just very thankful that the book even years later now, uh, continues to fly. I mean, it, it was recently published in Poland. It's, it's sold, thousands of copies in Poland recently. It's um, getting in, getting published in Vietnam. It was published in Romania and um, Korea and Thailand. Uh, just, it's it's pretty crazy how far and wide reaching it is, especially as a self-published book. I didn't even think any of this was possible. So, I mean, the real reason it's happened is because of the fans and the people who have followed my brand for a while. And I know many of those people are are fans because of the podcast. And it's the, the podcast still is the number one way people have found out about me. I've ran surveys recently. It still continues to be the number one uh, way that people hear about my brand and learn about me and get involved with my with my brand and business. So um, just the book was the hardest thing, man. Like it was so hard. I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a second book now uh, or very shortly. And it's just, I'm, I'm a little worried that I'm going to go through a lot of the same struggles that I did the first time around, but it was so worth it. Like it was so, like oftentimes the hardest things that you know are important. I mean, they're hard because it's almost like the universe testing you like, hey, are you going to be the person to do this? Or are you going to, you know, let somebody else do it? And so you got to get up, you got to keep going. And I'm just very thankful that I went through all those hard times because now it's, you know, helping a lot of people. That's so cool. That's so inspiring. And when you mentioned it getting published in Poland and, and Vietnam and so on, that's in the native language, right? It's getting translated. Yeah. Like I get copies of these books and I'm like, how do I know this is translated properly? Like it could just be talking smack about me and I wouldn't even know. Um, but, you know, we work with trusted pub- publishers who translate these properly, I hope. And you mentioned there as well, you know, getting the inspiration and staring uh, in front of your screen or a white screen with a blinking cursor uh, and then breaking it down into blog posts and that helping you. So, um, you know, playing into your strengths, which I believe you you started as a blogger online, right? I did, yeah, in 2008. And I could write like crazy. I was I was writing three blog posts a week for a couple of years. And then I introduced the podcast once every other week still blog posting uh, three times a week. And then I went to this conference uh, that no longer is in existence, but I went there and that was kind of like my home conference for a while. And everybody who I spoke to who knew about me could not stop talking about the podcast. Again, once every other week versus three times a week blog blogging. And I was like, gosh, there's something here. Like, what about my, what about my blog? I'm blogging more like, what about this post? Like, what do you guys think of it? No, we love the podcast and the story you told about this or that time you mentioned that. And that's when I, that's when I was like, you know what, this podcasting thing, I'm going to, I'm going to take some time from the blogging and put it into podcasting. And so I started blogging once a week and podcasting once a week. And then I added the second podcast in 2014, Ask Pat. And, you know, I've just been going gung ho with it ever since. It's just been an amazing platform to 
just share stories on and build an audience and, and build trust. You mentioned the challenges, obviously, of publishing the first book and now with a, a second book on the horizon, wondering if you're going to go through them again. So do you believe that uh, inspiration is something that comes and go like the, the, the muses, some days they're with you and some days not? And do you work with that or do you try and push up against it and be productive anyway? You have to constantly be productive doing what you're doing with uh, weekly podcasts and blog posts. But what are your thoughts on that? Become a great audio producer. Learn the secrets of creating great sounding audio. Go to mrc.fm slash learn. Yeah, I mean, the motivation comes and goes. That's just human nature. Some days you're feeling it, some days you're not. But you, you need to have systems in place or something that allows you to, on those off days, if you want to call them that, to get you re-inspired. And I have a few things that work in my favor. I have an amazing community who I always go to when I'm, when I'm not feeling, when I'm not feeling it, I go to my Facebook community or my audience and I just start, start chatting with them even live. That just energizes me like, like nothing else. I have a board behind, uh, behind me here in my office with hundreds of thank you notes for my audience. And I look at those and I go, wow, like people, people need me. If I let my just fear or my funk or whatever get in the way, I mean, I'm going to be letting people down. So I'm going to, I have to go up and, and do what I need to do. Um, and then the other thing is actually having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. I do this, this, this surprises a lot of people. You know, I have an email list of over 200,000 people, but I randomly select 10 people who have come into my email list over the past month, just randomly. And I reach out to them and I say, hey, can we get on a phone call? I'd, I'd just love to learn more about what I can do to help you. And first of all, these people are kind of blown away. They, they don't expect that from somebody with this size of audience to, to reach out to them. They almost feel like they win the lottery sometimes, which is, which is kind of funny. Some people go, is this like an automated email? I don't understand what's happening here. Um, but I go, no, I want to have a conversation. And, I, and I, get on, I get on a call, usually on Skype. And sometimes those conversations are five to 10 minutes. They don't go very long because just people are shy and they don't know what to say. But sometimes, I mean, I've had people on the line for two and a half hours because I just keep digging deeper and asking them about their story and what, like why they came to the blog and what they need help with. What can I do better? What is working for them now? And what kinds of programs would help them? Uh, what kinds of blog posts should I be writing about? Who they would like to see on the podcast as a guest? Those kinds of things. Those conversations, Mike, have been the most amazing thing for me over the past few years and have helped me determine what to do next, typically all the time. Um, so I'd recommend to any business owner out there, like especially any podcast or anybody who's producing anything for any, you know, sized audience, like try to have a conversation with somebody on the, on the other end, because then when you create content, you have that conversation in the back of your mind, you actually have a real person that you can remember and empathize with, especially if they tell you stories about kind of where they're coming from and how you're helping them. Um, you know, a big exercise in the online space, at least, or in podcasting is to Imagine who your avatar is, your ideal listener, they, they sometimes call it. But I don't really like that exercise because you're making up a person. Like, why not go out there and actually have a real conversation with somebody in your target audience or one of your listeners and just learn about them and, and understand them and empathize with them so that the next time you create a piece of content, you have a real life story and you have a real person that you can go to who you could possibly help or ask questions to have a conversation with instead of just kind of a made up avatar. And, and that, that's been huge for me. That, that, that by far, Mike, is the number one thing that gets me out of, out of my funk is these, these Skype calls that are scheduled throughout the month um, because it just, you know, for days later, I'm motivated. That is a fantastic tip. So basically tapping into your community, your people, uh, the people uh, around you. Uh, I love that. Wow. Um, so 
Let's move on from challenging projects and, and getting over challenges to um, cool projects for the future and things that you're looking forward to. Perhaps something you've not even told somebody about yet. Anything interesting or cool that you're looking forward to or hoping to work on in the future, Pat? Yeah, you know, I am uh, going to be putting on an event of my own uh, next year in, two, in uh, 2019 here in San Diego. And the goal is to get anywhere between 500 and 1,000 people there. And it's going to be interesting and really fun. And I don't know exactly the kind of conference it's going to be yet because I like to, as you know, take things to a different level. But um, we'll see. But it's something that's been a long time coming. A lot of people have been asking for. And I feel like it's the right time at this point in my business now, especially with potentially a new book coming out right around that time. So it's, you know, timing will play a role in that. Um, to set this up, I'm working on something this year that's going to kind of begin to start teasing that event next year. And it's it's kind of a big deal. So Jul- uh, June 17th of this year, 2018, is my 10-year anniversary of the day my boss told me I was going to be laid off. And this is what I call my let go day. And this is a day I celebrate every single year. Might sound silly to some of you, but I do celebrate it every year because it was a huge blessing in disguise. I didn't know at the time it really was hurtful at the time, but it actually was the reason why I am doing what I'm doing now. And I'm very thankful for that day. And so this is the 10 year anniversary coming up. So one thing we're doing is we're taking my book, Let Go, which was, it's just an Amazon Kindle book that I had written and I had written a second edition with more content about, you know, um, the idea of letting go. So it's a kind of a double meaning, this book called Let Go. I got let go from my architecture position and then uh, became an entrepreneur. So it's about that story, really into the details and the emotions of that um, and, and the certain decisions that I made. But the other meaning behind that is in order for me to get to become an entrepreneur, I had to let go of who I was believe, who I believed I needed to be or who I was taught I needed to be based on society or what my parents told me I needed to do or you know, just the, like I was grown up to be conditioned to think that I had to have a nine to five job. And it was really hard for me to walk away from that, especially after going to school for five years. So I told this story in a book and it did very well, became an Amazon, Amazon bestseller. Um, The audio book has done very well too, but I've always wanted a hardcover of that book. And so on June 17th, I'm launching a Kickstarter campaign and this isn't a campaign to, to make money. It's just, I, you know, if I break even, I'll call it a success. Um, it's really more to give back to the fans and to give them something to get inspired by. Um, and so it's going to be the first hardcover version of this book. Coffee, coffee table style, very, very beautiful with illustrations and photos and images and whatnot. Um, and one of the pledge goals is going to be for a VIP level that will include a signature edition of that book. So really, really adorned and with a sleeve that has my signature on it and, and other things. But it'll also include a VIP ticket to next year's event. And that'll be the first time I'll ever have mentioned it sort of in a public arena like that besides here. So um, I'm interested to see if people are going to take me up on that offer for that particular um, pledge level. But I do have a large number of super fans and raving fans in my audience who I know would jump uh, jump for that opportunity. And it would be a great way for me to, you know, for, for those 100 VIP uh, people, attendees, to then have conversations with them and ask them what kind of event they would like. And, and we'll kind of take it from there. So it'll be a it'll be a presentation or not a presentation, but a whole event that's kind of stemmed from the people who have already signed up for it. And it's going to come from them instead of um, instead of from me 
you know, as far as the origin of it, but that's kind of what's happening. I'm really excited about it. And this Kickstarter, I've never done a Kickstarter campaign before either. And so we'll see what happens, but you know, the book is going to have a large text on the cover that says, let go. And even one of the, one of the editions is going to have a little kickstand. So you can actually like, you know, have it sit up almost like a frame. And that is a call to action for people. It's not just my book, let go, but it's a call to action for everybody to let go in order to grow. You have like what got you here won't get you there. You have to let go of things just like climbing a ladder. You can't climb a ladder if all four, you know, your two arms and two legs are on your ladder the whole time. I mean, I guess I can imagine a way a person can do that, but how do you climb a ladder? You have to let go of one of those things and climb higher and then continue to let go in order to grow. So that's kind of the the fun project that's happening um, and that's on the table. I really like that. Wow. I'm looking forward to hearing more details about that. So um, that's uh, June 17 is your let go day. Also this year, I, I believe it happens to be Father's Day as well. So it's like a double whammy for you, Pat. It is. Isn't that crazy? Which is going to be great. Um, not only that, but we're recording this podcast now in uh, May 2018. And then the show is going out uh, towards the end of May or in June. Um, but I'm going to see if I can get this podcast released on or as close to June 17, uh, 2018, if that's okay with you. <laughs> oh, I mean, thank you. Like just, I mean, not necessary, but I mean, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Okay, great. So, wow, cool things to look forward to. An event for 2019. Uh, let's look back now, Pat, to your childhood. And you're an audio guy. It's clear uh, that you've always been into audio in one form or another. Um, so where did it all f- start for you in childhood then? You mentioned earlier on, uh, you know, playing with your boombox. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your experiences or maybe one experience in particular which made you smile and think, yeah, there's something about audio. There's something about this I want to get involved in. Yeah, I think it was Home Alone 2. There was a device that Macaulay Culkin used when he was stuck in New York, and it was called a Talkboy. It's a portable uh, variable speed cassette player, and you can record on it, and then you can change the sound of your voice. And so Kevin in the, in the movie used it to like record things in his voice, but then like play it back in an, in an adult's voice. And that's how he was able to kind of like navigate his way through, you know, New York. And I won't spoil it for you, but it was, it was manufactured, I think in the nineties. And it was like my first recording device that was like portable, which was just like the coolest thing ever, you know? And I, I, I never, I, I never took it out of the house, but I, I just would carry it around and it had like a little sleeve to put your hand in. And it had this like, mic that would extend out of it and you'd put a cassette tape in there and you'd start recording and that was I just got obsessed with that thing I I don't even think I remember like I hadn't thought about this in a long time but I I yeah I I loved that thing because it just I think it was partly because uh you know Home Alone was like a huge movie back then and everybody wanted to be like Kevin you know like walking around New York on your own with no parents and you know, staying in your hotel room, ordering everything with your dad's credit card and like just feasting on chocolates and sweets and stuff. Like it was a pretty cool movie. But this talk boy, I remember I see seeing it in the movie and I asked for it for Christmas and my parents got it for me. And it was, I think my first experience with like just recording and listening back. And I don't think I ever played it to, with any, to, back to anybody because it was just, you know, I, I was kind of embarrassed, but I, you know, it was kind of a, I was an only, I was an only child. And I just, you know, it was one of those fun toys that I remember getting really involved with. And I think that, 
perhaps had something to do with just my love for recording recorded stuff definitely i like that a talk boy and yeah being able to change your voice i always found that fascinating but not only being able to listen back to your recorded voice but also doing strange things to it like pitching it or yeah just some crazy effect so talking about crazy effects and, and changing your voice um that's exactly, of course, what Adobe Audition does. So I'm really excited to ask you a few questions around Audition and maybe some of the resources and gear you use there as a podcaster in particular. Um, so let's start with Adobe Audition. Many good features, but if you had to pick one, what would be your favorite feature in there? Gosh, you know, I have played around a lot with adding effects and just the effects area in there is so great. Um, I haven't published anything related to that, but I've been more using it as a way to just you know, one thing I do, so I have two kids, I bring them in the office and we just mess around with the equipment. I think that's one of the coolest things. I, I want that to be a memory that they have. Like, I remember when dad brought me in and we were recording on the microphone and we were shooting with the videos stuff. And, you know, I like one of the things that's, that's I know is really cool, we just talked about it, is like messing around with your voice. So I have my kids, my five-year-old daughter, my eight-year-old son, we come in and we, we record and we use the effects area to change the pitch. We, we change the, the sound and we just make it sound super silly. We just have a great time. I mean, I, th I think that's great. And whether those things ever get published or not, I mean, it's more about the memories that you create with those around you. And I think, like you said, like just changing in the pitch of your voice is really fun. But, you know, it's really easy to do. Like on some of these other programs, it's it's not so intuitive and there's not there's not very many things that you can do. Uh, with Adobe Audition, you have a full range. Um, and it, it's almost a little overwhelming sometimes how many options you have. Uh, which is why like, I, I, I love going into YouTube world to find out um, how to do certain things. And, you know, it's funny, I come across a lot of your videos, Mike, when I'm, when I'm on searching for audio related things. So that's been really helpful. And, and, and thank you for that. Um, but, you know, just, just the ability to easily turn things on and off in terms of effects and, you know, copy and pasting them and putting them into, into different tracks and whatnot. It's great. Um, one of my favorite, uh, not, not related to that, but as a podcast producer, one of my favorite things to do is to export in a certain format. I think it's FCP or, or I can't remember the, the name exactly, but it allows me to share it with my team so they can essentially pick up where I left off and, and, and do what they need to do with it to make it sound great. Um, I, I can't necessarily do that with other programs. It's just, you know, the ability to share the Adobe file with others and have them pick up where I left off is, is really, really, really handy. You. Excellent. Yeah. And like you say, definitely getting the kids into your recording uh, area and getting them playing with the equipment, recording their voices. And uh, likewise, as a father myself, I, I bet it must have been an amazing experience for you the first time you got your kids to record their voice and then you started applying effects and you watched their faces as their voices were changing in front of them. It's like, it's one thing to hear your voice back, but it's another thing to hear something, some strange stereo or pitched effect on it, right? Yeah, for sure. Cool. So yeah, definitely uh, effects gets a big mention. I think Adobe Audition has uh, some of the best native effects. Obviously, there are really cool third-party plugins you can buy, but certainly inside that package, the native effects that come with it are more than enough to get started and, and get advanced with. Um, so what about, um, you mentioned batching and getting your, your process, your podcast production process, right down to the second of saving time. Pat, can you share with us any time-saving workflows or shortcuts that you've used uh, or your, your producers, your editors use right now inside Adobe Audition? Anything you've discovered that you like? Um, I mean, for me, I have master template files for each of the shows that I have so that when I start a new show, I'm never starting from scratch. It's, all, it's already there. The intros are already there and I can literally just 
open up that file and hit record and then save as that, that next episode. And then I just literally have to drag and drop whatever, even, you know, the, one of the nice things that I can just drag and drop a movie file, which Skype records in a, in a movie format. Um, and, and it just, you know, export, it just creates the audio file for it there. And I can, I can easily read it. I can easily match, match pitch and whatnot, uh, or match tones and, and, and volumes. It's just, I mean, most of my team does most of the hard, heavy lifting, but actually it's the tool that does it for us most likely. But the the master template files are is something that I deal with every single time. And and that's again, something that just makes it really simple. And then the exporting, uh, exporting and, and you know, saving as a WAV file and multi-track and, you know, all those things. It's just, I, I, it's just so easy. It's just so ridiculously easy to do. Um, you know, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it because it's just it's just on fire right now. We've spoken a little bit about some of the features inside Adobe Audition, but I'm curious what you're using uh, as one of the top podcasters in the world to make your audio sound really good. So let's talk about resources. And of course, I can't get you on the line, Pat Flynn, and not talk about audio gear that you're using. So uh, share with us maybe some of the gear, so the microphones, the headphones, if you've got a mixing board, but also you mentioned earlier about introducing sound effects and, and background music into your shows. Uh, curious if you'd, you'd share maybe um, where, where you get those those um, elements from as well. Sure. So I'm using right now, you could hear it, uh, Heil PR40, and it's the gold and black edition, which is really cool. Usually you see the silver ones, but I got the gold and black one, which is really fun. I can kind of a... I, I I love equipment, <laughs> like video and audio stuff. Like I probably have way too much of this stuff. Uh, but I'm also a big fan of the ATR 2100 from Audio-Technica. I take that on the road with me. And that one's, that one's a lot of, that one's really fun. I'm also using a DBX 286S, uh, thanks to you. And you helped me set that up, which is very nice. Um, as, as far as uh, where I get my background music and such, um, two places. Number one is artlist.io. And I love artlist.io because I just pay a flat fee every single month and I can download and use as many of them as I'd like and in any which way I want. Um, and so I use those in podcast episodes and in videos too. Um, and then Audio Jungle, I use especially for things like sound effects and other kinds of things that you can't find on Artlist, which are, you know, the nice thing about Artlist specifically is, you know, I can imagine myself listening to those those songs on like the radio. Like they're, they're, they're that, they're not just like stock sounding kind of songs. They're actual artists. This is how they make money. So I'm supporting sort of the independent artist and I just, the music is great. Like it's actually really, really good. And you can, you can base it off of, uh, the video type. So you can select a video type that you're creating. Like, let's say you're doing a time-lapse video. Well, here's all the songs that are most common that people are using for time-lapse videos and the ones that would, you know, make sense for it. Or I can go, okay, I want a... I can go into different moods. I want a tense song. So I can I can hit, click tense and all the more tension kind of based music is there. And I can really hone in on the kind of music that I want for the particular use case uh, in a very easy way. That's why I really love Artlist. I'm in an audio jungle mainly for just the, the one-time downloads for certain things that I might need. There was an episode I did back, um, I think it was episode 138 of the Smart Passive Income podcast. Um, I started off... Uh, the show by pretending like I was at the airport. And so I just got some background airport sounds from Audio Jungle. I put it in there and, you know, people people don't even know the difference. They think I'm actually at the airport recording that, um, which is really fun. And I actually tried to record at the airport, but it was just uh, with my uh, Zoom H6n, which is the portable device that I use when I'm on the go. Um, but it just didn't work at the airport. So I found some 
audio jungle music to, or some uh, sound effects to put in there. Um, but yeah, then yeah, on, on the go, I'm using the Zoom H6n and I'm usually just plugging the ATR in there or um, sometimes I get uh, some some lav mics into my um, my phone. So I use an iRig mic um, to do interviews on my phone if I really ha- am going very light on the equipment because those iRig mic labs, they plug into each other so you can kind of jerry-rig them. And you can have even up to six all going into one device, um, which is pretty cool. So yeah, all, a lot of things I use. Definitely the uh, Artless.io and Audio Jungle uh, for sourcing uh, music and effects, uh, really cool stuff. Audio Jungle, well, the Invato, their parent company, is, is kind of like a rabbit hole because you get into the audio side, but then you find they do motion graphics templates and you find they do like bits of code as well. It's like, wow, <laughs> you can spend all, a lot of time there. So that's, that's really fantastic. Um, and it's been a great episode. Lots of really good advice in here, uh, good stories and um, I hope that people are not only going to listen to this once, but maybe rewind back and listen to some of your tips again. Um, but I'd just like to wrap up at, at this point. Um, I know there will be many people listening right now uh, who are young and they they aspire to get into to doing what you're doing, Pat, to being not just an audio producer or audio creator, but an online creator, um, because I, I guess that's the way it's going, isn't it? We're all creating a little bit of everything. We're all doing a bit of video. Uh, we're doing a bit of written word. We're doing a bit of uh, podcasting or audio creation as well. So to that person who's who's looking to get into this, this industry that we're in, uh, what would your advice be to them? I mean, my advice would be to do what you can to help people. I mean, this is really what makes successful anything these days when you're creating content is just how helpful can you be and have conversations. I mean, one of the things I do in my business that surprises a lot of people is I have conversations with, like I said, those people on my email list every single every single month. And that tells me more than anything what I can do to help. And the better I can serve my audience, the more rewards come back. I mean, that's that's really, I, I have a saying, it's your earnings are a byproduct of how well you serve your audience. And then you just got to get started and you're going to fumble. You're going to struggle. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. And that's all a part of the process. You just, you, you just have to get started though. One thing that drives me is doing some thinking about the future. Um, going back to the back to the future analogy that I always use in every single podcast episode, essentially that I create. But, you know, I always think about, you know, when I'm an old guy and I'm sitting back a little, looking back at my life, like, are, am I going to have any regrets? Is this something that if I don't do right now, would I even tell myself like, yeah, you know, it was a good decision to not ever do that. It's likely never going to happen. So I always think about the, the, the what ifs, right? I don't want to, I don't want to die with what ifs. I want to die with oh wells, right? Like, oh, well, at least I gave it a shot. At least I gave it a chance. And so, you know, you just got to take the leap. And the other thing about that is it's hard to do on your own. You got to find people out there who you resonate with, whether you have a direct connection with them or not. I mean, when I got started in business and in in podcasting, I had mentors that I looked up to that I had never spoken to before, but they were still my mentors. They were still motivating me. And then I had people who were closer in and around me who were doing the same kinds of things, other podcasters, other, other friends in the business space. And we would get together in a very formal way. And I still do that. Like two times a week, I meet with two different mastermind groups and there's about four to six people in each of them. And I've been with these people for five years, every single week. They are a top priority in my life because we held each other accountable. We help each other through struggles. We set goals and, 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 and we hold, you know, we, we, we are just there for each other. 
Um, and, and that's really important too. So find people who you can uh, get encouraged by and, and feel motivated by, but who you can motivate as well. I mean, you are the sum uh, or you're the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. And so why not spend time with people who are going to lift you up, who you can lift up to as well. Um, so those, those are just some high level tips that I have for anybody who wants to get started with really anything. Um, but remember just why are you, why are you even thinking about doing this? Remember the why, because you know, it's, it's a grind and it could be a daily struggle. But if you remember why you're even struggling in the first place, like why you made the decision to go down this route, it's going to make it a lot easier for you because then you'll fight through it. So, so cool. And such a good place to leave it. Uh, Brilliant, brilliant chat, Pat. Really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, grateful for all the advice you've given and and particularly that that last uh, comment on uh, helping people and also connecting the importance of connections. So, well, thank you very much for joining me on the show. And for anybody who's interested to check you out online uh, and perhaps even uh, find your, your Kickstarter, maybe you can give just one place that people can go to to find out everything you do. Yeah, one place, smartpassiveincome.com, and that's it. Awesome, smartpassiveincome.com. And what social network are you most active on, would you say? Oh, man, uh, Twitter and Instagram, but I, I like Instagram. You know, I love sharing a little behind the scenes there. At Pat Flynn is where you would go for that. Pat, thanks for joining us. Thank you. If you want to grab the exact Adobe Audition template I use, head over to mrc.fm slash presets. That's mrc.fm slash presets, and you can grab my Adobe Audition multi-track template there. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Hey, it's Mike back again, and I just wanted to let you know, as a podcast listener, to go and grab your free exclusive audio download from us here at Music Radio Creative. Just head over to mrc.fm forward slash play. 